TCU has a new OC. Kendall Bryles is coming to Fort Worth to coordinate the offense. We'll talk about it next on Locked on Horn Frogs. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it is Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. You can subscribe to the show on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, also wherever you get your favorite podcast. Uh, Kendall Bryles is coming to TCU. It has not been officially announced by the university, but all the reports are that it's a done deal, that it's been finalized. Players at Arkansas have been informed. Um, he's on his way to Fort Worth reportedly. So he's going to be here and I'll be coaching the TCU offense. Um, I had a pretty long podcast on Monday or a long segment on Monday where I discussed my concerns about the off the field situation, the off the field issues, his involvement or his place on the staff during his time at Baylor when his father, Art, was the head coach. And then eventually Art got fired um, for a what was you know called basically a failure to report sexual assault allegations against players um, to the proper powers that be at the university. Um, and you know, my, my issue with the Kendall situation is really just that publicly we haven't really seen any remorse or any sort of apology, any sort of reflection about what he learned during his time there. Now does he owe that to the public? Not necessarily. Um, and I mean, I think there's a middle ground here. Like we can, I can have my reservations about this, not be a fan of the direction they went. Um, and still, you know, cover the team, talk about the team. I'll talk about what he's doing with the offense, all those things. Um, and, yes, Kaz Kazadi is already on staff. Carlton Buckles is on staff. Um, Kaz Kazadi was named in specific lawsuits and allegedly failed to report, um, you know, things that he should have that were information that was given to him by the coach of another team. And all that is a bad look. He spent some time with Sonny Adesi me before he came to TCU. So I think this is a slightly different situation. But I won't continue to rehash that. I mean, the, what is what has happened has happened. And ultimately, TCU um, has decided that they're going to take this backlash and we'll see kind of what comes of it. But they're moving forward with Kendall Bryles as their offensive coordinator. Um, I think this also probably means we get less access to the program than we did last year. You know, Sonny Dykes was very open with allowing position coaches to talk, allowing coordinators to talk um, last season. And I think part of that was year one of being the head coach and he's trying to create some goodwill and, um, you know, allow people to get some access to the players and the coaches and the ins and outs of what they're going to do. But I imagine with, with Kendall being the new office coordinator, we're not going to get media sessions from the OC like we did every other week with Garrett Riley. I, I would guess that they don't trot him out in front of the media very often. Um, and things get a little more closed off, which, I mean, that's their prerogative, right? And people have brought up, like, they just trust Sonny. They trust that other universities have vetted Kendall. He's had four other jobs since that Baylor situation. There have been no major infractions since then. And, I mean, I don't think that's a outrageous opinion, if that's where you stand. I just have – I'm uneasy about it. I have some reservations about it. It's not the hire I would have made. But I've said my piece about – you know, the off the field situation. And I, I seriously doubt we ever really hear 
publicly why TCU is comfortable about it. Maybe we do. I'm, I'm sure they'll make a statement at some point um, that at least he's on staff and, you know, they went through a certain process to, to feel comfortable making the decision. As far as the offense goes, I mean, he's going to coach this team. What does it mean for um, Chandler Morris and the players that are going to play next year? You know, Arkansas averaged 32.5 points per game last season. Um, that put them – I have the scoring numbers up here. It put them in the 30s as far as rankings go. Let me make sure I have exactly – or 35th in the country in scoring, averaging 32.5 um, points per game. For comparison's sake, TCU was ninth in the country at 38.8 points per game. And, you know, another thing that stood out is they really ran the ball successfully. They were seventh in the nation in rushing yards, averaging 236 yards per game on the ground. Um, Passing-wise, they were 63rd with 234 yards passing. This past season, they ran the ball 62% of the time. The year before that in 2021, they ran the ball 65% of the time. Um, And a lot of that had to do with the fact that K.J. Jefferson, their quarterback, is just a battering ram. I mean, he's a huge kid over six feet tall, over 200 pounds. He ran for 664 yards in 2021. Um, And then in 2022, he ran for a lot of yards as well. Um, He ran for 640 yards. So he was really effective running the football, and that was a big part of their offense. I don't expect to see that as much at TCU with Chandler Morris as the quarterback. But I think Sonny Dykes has come around after his Cal tenure, he talked about, how he felt like he needed to run the ball more. He needed to kind of get away from the kind of Mike Leach air raid that he came from, which was just throw the ball as as much as you can. You know, a very slim amount of plays, a lot of repetition, a lot of simple concepts that you just run over and over and over again until the quarterback and the receivers know it well enough that they can run it against different formations, against different defenses, and they can be successful doing it. And so Kendall, like Garrett Riley, has a high emphasis on running the football. And um, he kind of comes from the art tree, which has been dubbed. You know, I saw Ian Boyd call this the offenses first, and I've seen other people refer to it as the veer and shoot. And so it's still a spread concept. It's still an air raid concept. You're going to see a a ton of shotgun formations, a lot of three, four, even five wide receiver sets. But there's going to be a lot of RPOs, run pass options, where the quarterback has to make a decision based on how many guys are in the box. Do I hand this off to the running back? Do I take it myself? Or do I pull it out and throw the football? And there will be a lot of, um, you know, running against the light box, trying to create numbers to give you an advantage in the run game. So if you catch the defense with only six guys in the box, um, with only a few linebackers there up in run support, you run the ball, you try to move the chains, there will be tempo. They're going to go fast at times. Um, I think that was reportedly one of the issues between Kendall and Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman, the Arkansas head football coach, who's a former offensive line coach, um, was about the style of play that they were, you know, going for. Kendall really wanted to keep his foot on the gas all the time, keep going, um, keep throwing the ball down the field, keep running the ball. And Sam wanted them to pull that pace back a little bit when they built up a lead and milked the clock some. And so that was some of the the issues they had. But there's still going to be a big emphasis on throwing the ball down the field. You know, one thing that you saw at Baylor was if you have dynamic wide receivers that can win one-on-one matchups, then it makes this offense really tough to stop because you're constantly trying to put the defense in situations where they're having to put, you know, corners and safeties on an island against big physical fast wide receivers 
And TCU has that with guys like Savion Williams and Jordan Hudson. you got some of the guys coming in the slot this year, like JoJo Earl and John Paul Richardson. So hopefully they can find ways to use them. Cordell Russell coming in this season. Um, there's a lot of players that you hope can create separation and, you know, use this offense to its fullest extent. And so I think from a football perspective, it makes a lot of sense. It's similar to what Sonny's done in the past. They're going to run an offense that he's familiar with. I'm sure he'll meld some of the concepts that he likes into what Kendall is bringing to the table. And, uh, you know, the word is as much as Sonny's an offensive guy, he's pretty hands-off about this. So I think Kendall's going to come in and um, sort of set the tone for the type of offense they're going to run and the type of explosive plays they're going to try to make. And we saw last year they were a big-time explosive play offense. You know, some of the issues that that Kendall's offense has is a lot of the same issues that a ton of – spread, RPO, you know, tempo offense to struggle with, which is when you get in the red zone, can you score touchdowns? Can you find a way to be efficient when the field shrinks down and you don't have as much room to spread defenses out and cover as much ground? Um, Can you stay out of third and long? Can you be good on first and second down about getting yardage and not getting behind the chains? And, of course, that's like – that's offense 101. Everybody wants to do that, but it's magnified – with an offense that wants to run the ball in early downs and try to, you know, put the quarterback in situations where they can um, be in second and third and manageable. So we'll see how it plays out on the football field, but Kendall Bryles will be the offense coordinator at TCU next season. That is a decision they made um, to replace Garrett Riley with him. And so we'll uh, have more coverage of that in the coming days and weeks. And as we, you know, move through the offseason. Well, when we come back, our third burning question, we're doing a series of five burning questions uh, of the TCU football offseason. We talked about the quarterback position. Yesterday we talked about the secondary. And then today, can TCU replace what they're losing on the offensive line? and be really a completely different offensive line going into next season. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk about Bet Online. Um, talk about them frequently. One of our great sponsors. If you want to start wagering on games, if you want to know – um, the best bets to make, the best way to make money. Go to Bet Online today. You know, it's not just a, a, a betting site. There are uh, podcasts there. There's articles. There's injury reports. It really is a good place to go just if you want to know more, more about sports. But the reason you're going is to make some cash. And Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, he has all the information you need. He'll help you get started. Bet Online, if you use the promo code Locked On, they'll match your first deposit up to $100. So you, you don't have to use all your money. You can use a little bit of the house money as well. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Give them a try today. NBA, college basketball, um, NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. A lot of great ways to uh, get involved in what's going on on Bet Online. Try it out today. Okay, so uh, TCU football, we're talking about the offseason. What are the questions that this team has to answer from a roster standpoint, from a coaching standpoint? over the next few months before the season started on Monday. We talked about Chandler Morris likely being the guy in 2023 at the quarterback position on Tuesday um, or excuse me, on Wednesday, we talked about um, the secondary, right? How are they replacing Travis Hodges Tomlinson specifically and some of those guys at the corner position, Avery Helm coming in from Florida, uh, Channing Camden, Mason White coming in from the Juco ranks. Got some guys that are going to be ready to play alongside Josh Newton, who was on the outside uh, this past season. And then today, 
this offensive line, and specifically the interior of this offensive line, how are they going to replace the production there, right? Because Steve Avila, All-American, headed to the NFL. Alana Lee, really solid player. SMU transfer was a center all year. Fantastic. He's moving on. Wes Harris, veteran player, dealt with injuries his whole career, was finally healthy this past season. And those three guys, that guard, center, and guard position, they were fantastic. So who's going to step up this year and be the players that replace that production? Now your your tackles, your guys on the outside are coming back. Andrew Coker and Brandon Coleman will be back. And my, my first kind of thought is I wonder if they kick one of those guys to the inside. Because you got Tommy Brockermeyer coming in, former five-star recruit from Alabama. He's been a tackle his whole career. Um, and Coleman and Coker are both big. They struggled at times with that more athletic edge guys who could get off the ball quickly and use their speed and athleticism to get around, um, you know, get around those tackles. So do you kick Coleman inside to one of those guard positions? You know, O-line play is really just about getting the five best guys on the field. Um, and maybe you you put Brockermeyer at one of those tackle spots. You kick Coleman inside to a guard's position. And then you have three of those positions figured out. Um, John Lanz is coming back, and Lanz has started a lot of games in his career. Uh, he's been a guard. He's you know similar to Wes Harris, a guy that's dealt with injuries in the past, but has been a really solid player for them when he's been on the football field. And so he'll be ready to go. He's a senior from Argyle. Uh, I think he'll be in the running for one of those inside positions. And then center, I honestly don't know what they're going to do at the center spot. Um, you know, Ali coming in last year was such a godsend because he could just step right in. He played a lot of games. He understood the system, and he was ready to, to rock and roll. Now, they did have a transfer come in uh, last year. Ezra Dotson Otaye from Arizona State, originally from Garland, went to Lakeview Centennial, and he'll be a redshirt sophomore this upcoming season. Did not play this past year, but has played the center spot in the past, so it might be his job to lose. Some of the other young guys – on the O-line that you're excited about. Um, you know, Garrett Hayes has been a name that we've known for a long time, um, and he was a four-star recruitment out of high school. Hasn't really developed to a point where he's been a contributor so far. But maybe this is the season he breaks through and plays at one of those guard positions. Um, Jasper Lott is a really intriguing con- uh, prospect to me. He was a tight end in high school at Argyle, which is one of the premier high school football programs in the state of Texas, you know, they moved him to the O-line. They put some weight on him, moved him to the O-line once he got to TCU. And so maybe he's the guy that comes in and has an impact this year and plays. I think they have the ability to mix and match and have a unit that's serviceable. My question about the O-line is one thing last season they really benefited from, they did not have a guy on that on that unit miss a start, which is insane. When you're talking about offensive line, which you're getting hit every single snap, it's such a physical position, you always expect that you're going to lose some of those guys. But five players made 15 starts, 75 for 75. That is crazy. And for all the experience they had, that's just such a big deal when you have – because O-line play is so much about continuity, communication. Are we are we getting the right assignments pre-snap? Are we understanding who we need to block in the run game and the pass game? Are we picking up protections? Are we dealing with twists and stunts and all the exotic things the defense is doing? And that O-line was able to do that 
because they had a veteran group and because they were able to stay healthy. So I expect some sort of drop-off. However, I think there's some talent there. I think there's some intriguing players, some transfers that are coming in that can um, be starters. And so hopefully as the year goes on, you see that continuity build. You see that communication build. I think A.J. Ricker is a really good coach, their offensive line coach, and he can develop players to be really solid. But you're losing a ton of experience, and so I expect there's going to be some sort of a drop-off there. And maybe they you know, rectify that by allowing Chandler Morris to get the ball a little bit quicker than Max did. But that O-line's going to need to be solid in the run game and the pass game this year for this offense to be successful because it always starts – up front uh when we come back we'll have a quick transfer note and then um before we go we'll talk about tc basketball which did not play well last night but built bar okay built bar right one of the things that you probably have thought about for your new year's resolution or maybe you're trying to do is eat healthier you're like man this is the year i gotta get i gotta get in the gym more i gotta eat healthier i have to do better i'm in that same boat too and one thing that helps me a lot and one thing that I think could help you is Built Bar because it's really good. It's delicious. You don't have to feel like, oh, man, I'm just – I'm barely eating something here, but I know it's good for me. No, it's it's going to tie you over. It's going to fill you up. It's 180 calories most of those bars are, and that's it. And they use real chocolate. They use real ingredients, real ingredients that taste good. You go to BuiltBar.com and check it out yourself. Um, coconut brownie chunk, fantastic. The churro flavor. Really, really good. Also, you can go to Sam's Club if you have a membership and you're like, man, can I get it at, you know, just my local brick and mortar realtor? Well, you can get it at Sam's Club now. So you don't have to go online and go through the whole song and dance and wait a while to, to get it delivered to your door, even though that's really convenient. You can also just go get it at Sam's Club today. Again, that's Built Bar. It's the most delicious protein bar around. BuiltBar.com or at your local Sam's, at, at your local Sam's Club. Find it today. All right, before we go here on Locked on Horn Frogs, um, a note from the transfer portal. Rick Abreu, defensive lineman from East Carolina, he committed to TCU on uh, Wednesday. Did not have a super impressive 2022. Dealt with some injuries, only one and a half sacks. But in 2021, 33 tackles, um, three and a half sacks, and 10 tackles for loss. So intriguing player, um, you know, played a lot in East Carolina. 6'2", 260 pounds, um, maybe somebody who can come in and play at that end position. I don't know if he'll be a starter. I think he'll be more of a depth piece. But Joe Gillespie did a really good uh, job last year, bringing guys like Caleb Fox, um, Luau Lugak from UConn, sort of under-the-radar defensive lineman prospects that you didn't think a whole lot about, but it ended up being good contributors good players that could rotate in and out of that lineup and get pressure on the quarterback at times. So we'll see what they do with uh, Rick Rowe from East Carolina, but I trust this coaching staff and their evaluation. So interesting, you know, they add another player in the trenches there on the defensive line. Um, TC basketball last night, not good. They go on the road to West Virginia and listen, West Virginia is better than their record indicates. They were 0-5 in Big 12 play coming into the game. Uh, they are now 1-5 in Big 12 play after getting the victory over the Frogs last night. It's always tough to play in Morgantown. They're a top 30 team in Ken Palm. They're a top 30 team, I believe, in the net rankings. So they're a better team than their record indicates. However, 
It's a bad loss. On the road, coming off a great win against K-State, you lose 74-65, and you know they, they made a push. They cut it to four. They cut it to two at one point, about five minutes left. But for the majority of that game, they trailed by double digits. It was an ugly basketball game, a lot of turnovers, did not play well. Uh, Mike Miles led the way scoring. He had 21 points. Emmanuel Miller had 13. Tough night at the free throw line. I think they ended up missing eight free throws. You know, Chuck O'Bannon got fouled on a three. He made one of three. Mike bricked um, an opportunity for a three-point play. Just fundamental stuff. Um, listen, this happens in the Big 12. Sometimes you go blow a tire. It's not the end of the world. But now you're three and three in conference play. Your next game is on the road in Lawrence at Kansas. So I imagine we'll see a better effort Saturday. Uh, but that's a really tough ask, right? TCU is still not one in Morgantown. They're 0-11 now since joining the conference when they go to West Virginia. They can just not get over the hump against Bob Huggins and that squad, even though that's a team that struggled the last few years in conference play. So have to find a way to bounce back. You know, one thing that really just confuses me, this is a veteran team. They got a lot of guys. They, pretty much everybody played last year. They got a lot of juniors and seniors on this roster. I can't understand why they're so inconsistent. I know playing the Big 12 week in and week out is tough. Every game's a battle. Every game's a war. But it's just so infuriating. I mean, they were playing well. You know, even that Texas game, blow a tough one on the road, but they had an 18-point lead at one point. Played well for a lot of that game. Played probably their most complete game of the year against Kansas State, and then they follow that up with their worst performance of the season outside that Northwestern State debacle when Mike was hurt and they lost that non-conference game. Just disappointing. Just unfortunate they couldn't find a way to win that football, that basketball game last night. And so now you try to regroup and you take on Kansas next. Uh, but tough loss for the dudes as they went down 74-65 to to West Virginia on the road on uh, Wednesday evening. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll finish up our series, Five Burning Questions of the TCU Football Offseason. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your 